So welcome to today's episode. Our guest today is Kelly Gardner. Kelly Gardner is the founder of Conscious Man Brotherhood. He has been for over 20 years in drama therapy, helping children and later also fathers in transformational work. Now he's a mentor and coach in transformational men's work. He's also a producer of conscious documentaries and an inspirational speaker. He helped thousands of men transform their lives and become better men, better fathers, and eventually kings. So welcome, Kelly. Wow, man, that was, that was beautiful. I feel like when you get that kind of hype, you're like supposed to come out of the ring, jumping around, bouncing, like, all right, thank you. Thank you for that lead-in. I felt really beautiful. Like, is that, is that me? Is that... Am I that guy? Definitely. Such a to be here with you, brother. Do you want to experience the full potential of your sexual energy, deep intimacy in your relationship, and how it feels like to truly be in your power as a man? Can you hear the world's desperate calling for conscious, heart-centered men to rise to the occasion? Then welcome to the Heart of a King podcast where you will find the clarity, guidance, and tools that will empower you to do what it truly really takes to live a life of freedom, fulfillment, and bliss. Yeah, I would like to start us out with asking you, since you've been working with men for quite a while, like, what do you see are some of the biggest challenges men are facing these days? Notice I've got the, the mustache here for, yeah. for November, uh, you know, talking about what men are struggling with uh, externally and physically and, um, and, and the disease, which, you know, roots in, in the emotional experiences that, that we are having. Um, and I guess I would say overall, uh, men that I am seeing and working with and, and uh, seeing reflected even in our media today, Uh, are suffering with an inability to access and uh, find safe places to display their emotions, to really connect with how they're feeling. Mm. Uh, and that suppression of emotion and feeling uh, is, has to come out somewhere. Yeah, Every definitely. feeling is an energy. It's, it's, it needs to move. It needs to move through and with us. Uh, and Most oftentimes, they're here to teach us um, and, and guide us, guide me. Uh, it, they have been there to guide me uh, to discovering who I am and what it is that I, I am here to do. What is really the greatest uh, part of fulfillment that I experience? And so that fundamental disconnection from my feelings uh, and the language of my feelings and connection to those feelings uh, result in making choices, choices to climb the ladder um, of ego fulfillment and, mm. uh, and greater grat gratification and, and carrying the burden of responsibility uh, because that's what I'm told is supposed to be as a man and, and to not express the challenges that I'm experiencing and to, to shoulder those alone and, and to, to find myself in isolation. Uh, and so instead of that, that connective tissue of feelings that brings us together and, and unites us through our courage and vulnerability, uh, we're separated by ego, ego, egoism. And uh, you know, this notion that I need to do it all by myself uh, and that I don't need to uh, feel or express my feelings, but the expression of my feelings makes me weak. Uh, and that underlying structure 
leads to not only the depression, anxiety, and, and suicide uh, mm. that we're experiencing uh, from men today, but also on the flip side, uh, you know, I see that as, as the anger turned to sadness turned inward, but outwardly we're seeing societies with rampant sexual assault and, and abuse, uh, war and, and aggression unchecked because again, that energy has nowhere to go. So we as a planet, as a, as a people are suffering uh, because men are suffering uh, and men are suffering uh, because men are suffering uh, from what fundamentally comes back to a disconnection to our feelings and what's alive emotionally inside of us. Mm, I really resonate with that. And um, that's also why I am really focusing on helping men awakening their hearts and really reconnecting to their emotions. Um, how would you describe um, the root cause of this? Where do you think that comes from? And what uh, would you tell men? Or what can men do about this that you would suggest? Well, you know, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't always been this way. Um, and yet there have always been challenges. Uh, you know, I, I think to look back on any period of time and say it was better back then Uh, is fundamentally uh, conservative. Uh, and, and I don't really think that it really was better overall. It might have been better in certain ways. And what can we preserve of those ways that, that might have served us? And how can we utilize what we know now to also serve us? You know, a mixture of the ancient wisdom and modern medicine. Um, now, at the root, you know, what we're experiencing right now, I think in many ways goes back to... Um, to industrialization, you know, and mm. the movement of, 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 of individuals out of familiar family structures uh, where there was, you know, a certain support and integration of community uh, into a, a mechanized system of, of society where science would solve all of our problems. And we see that with, you know, our farming and, and the challenges that, that show up in that way, but we also see it in the, in the, the breakdown of the social structures Uh, of the family structures, of the apprenticeship structures, of the, 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 the communal raising of the individual. Um, in our individualistic self, we have uh, put all the pressure on a parent or two parents uh, at best. Uh, and, and taken away the grandparents and the extended families and, and the community that comes to, to raise the soul, which is an individual. And so in, in that, you're raising only the, the understanding of myself and my ability to take care of myself in this society where no one is here for me. I am alone as an individual. That individualism is, you know, is also that, that drive and that, you know, that strength, but that without the collective sense, without that, you know, sense of, of community ownership and collective uh, socialism, if you will, uh, I think that individuals are, are lost. Um, and so I talk a lot about the, the difference between um, a ecocentric society and an egoic society, uh, a society where Uh, people are rooted to their fundamental wisdom in the land, in, in what the, the natural world is here to remind us in, in, of our traditions and, and how to be 
with all of my relations, my relationships to myself, to the people around me, to the birds, to the, to the animals, to the trees, that we are all integrated in, in one, uh, one entity, you know? Uh, yeah. And so from that, we drive the soul's journey. What is my soul here to do and how is it an integral part of, of that ecosystem uh, versus an egoic society where the fundamental um, goal is the preservation of the self, uh, is to build a strong container uh, and to continue to feed that container with consumption, uh, mm. which is further validation of self, which is all important, right? Consumption is what keeps my, my body here. You know, I'm not anti-consumption or consumers mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. I mean, let's go get it. Uh, but to what end? And if uh, that is a very juvenile state where I need to take care of myself and my body, and that is an important state of becoming a child to an adult where I can take care of myself. You know, there's grown men all over this planet that you know, put them in the wilderness. They couldn't take care of themselves for 10 seconds. You know, I have no idea how to actually yeah. survive or, or to thrive for that. Matter. Mm. Um, you know, and so that's an important element of, of our growth of how to take care of this, this body, this self, this to, to generate income, to, to create wealth, to, to preserve it. Mm. But, but that only takes me to the first half of life. And then the next half, I truly believe, is about discovering why I'm here. What is my purpose for, for being on this planet? What is my unique seed of this great infinite expression of life and love? What is it here for? What is it going to do? What is it, how is it going to be? And how is that way of being going to affect the world that I want to live in? Right? And as men particularly, that, that fulfillment, that belief that I'm a part of something, that I'm contributing to the world that I want to live in is so fundamental to my fulfillment. Yes. You know? mm. That reminds me of uh, something you once said about purpose, that in the end, our purpose is always about serving God through love. Um, and that is obviously an individual expression for every single human being. Um, But that's basically what it comes down to, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my good friend, uh, Preston Smiles, often says, uh, you know, love is all there, all, there, all there is, was, and ever will be. Um, and the answer to every question is love. Um, and by the way, I sh should say, he's really the founder of Conscious Men Brotherhood. I, he gave me the title of founding father. Uh, but <laughs> I, he truly was the founder of, of Conscious Men Brotherhood in, in, in all ways. Um, And, and yes, it does always come back to that one simple question, which is love is all there is, was, and ever will be. Love is that expression of divine consciousness. You know, it is that one that we talk about. And I have this belief, um, and uh, a lot of it comes from uh, Conversations with God uh, by Neil um, Neil uh, Walsh. What's that? Neil Donald Walsh. Neil Walsh. Exactly. Thank you. I, I, admit, I thank you. I from his name for a second. Uh, you know, a lot of it comes from that book, which really resonates with me in such a deep way. This idea that you know we, I, am part of this divine experience, uh, and that seed of life that exists inside of me that is part of the divine that I call my soul has all of the DNA, all of the building blocks of the divine itself, it is all knowing. 
So I then am all knowing. Mm. But in this expression, in this experience, I don't know anything. So why? Why did I choose to come here and forget everything that I knew? Well, if I know everything, that's kind of a, and you know, it's like the know-it-alls. I'm, I raise my hand on that one. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not that much fun to know it all. What's fun is the experiencing of it all. And so, you know, if it's, if, if we're here to experience it all, it all, then all of it is love. All yes. of it. All of it. Mm. Especially the challenges, especially the, the, the falls, especially the, the crap that, that shows up in my life. Because without it, I wouldn't get to experience the other side of it. Yes. You know? And in yeah. all that, um, how would you say, like, in a like, practical human expression as a man, how can we love like a king from this mature space? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know... That is a lifelong journey. And, and there's many different aspects or different ways of answering that question. Like there's the energetic yeah. of the king, right? How, does that, how do I carry that energy of, of king, of, of divine masculine, of leadership, um, of uh, a vision, of purpose? Uh, you know, uh, these are the qualities uh, of king uh, that I, I get to bring to, um, You know, to this to this world, to my way of being, to my way of loving, um, and then there's the the stage of life that we might refer to as the king. You know, where my responsibility is not just to me or to my community, but to the greater than life community, to all living things, to be a part of the all. The the love that I refer to as the agape. Um, you know, that that love for for the divine, for that union, for for you know everything. Yeah, um, you know, and phew, I, I look forward to seeing that one day. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you know, I, I hold this goal for for you know for being able to levitate, right? I, I sit there and meditate, and one day I'm going to levitate, right? Probably not in this lifetime, you know. <laughs> But I think that that's that's the part of loving. It's mm -hmm. you know, it's the attachment to the work with no attachment to the outcome. Uh, you know. It, It is really just holding that higher goal of how my life contributes to the, the wholeness of all of life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if my goal is big enough that I, I'll never get to see it, then, then that sounds like it's a lot of fun to me. <laughs> I get to love so big that I'll never get to love enough. You know, I'll just wither away and, and, and float off into the galaxy to come back and try again, right? Uh, and so, you know, the, the long and short answer of it is as I, I figure out how I contribute and I seek to be that contribution yeah. um, and find more ways to do that um, and create ripples for, for that to have the, its greatest impact while also remembering to to be in love every day to stop and smell the roses to enjoy my physical body to enjoy sex we're getting yes. on that conversation to enjoy you know the the leela the sweetness the 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 uh the, yeah, the sensuality of this human experience so the absolutely juiciness of it yeah mm, beautiful answer to that question
Um, do you see anything in particular showing up if we talk more about the expressions uh, of love in relating to the amore and eros? If you see mm -hmm. how can we as a man really um, show up in that space from your perspective as a king um, mm -hmm. in our intimate relationships with, I would mm -hmm. now uh, uh, take the example with a woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Omore is a, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's one that I, I, I'm always on the journey to discovering and unearthing more and, and learning more and certainly will not ever claim to be an expert uh, in that area. I think that um, what we, what I am really speaking to when I talk about Amore is really the, the expression of that divine union of souls through the intertwinement of two souls or three souls or whatever, you know, your version um, of that uh, romantic relationship looks like. Um, it's how I get to express and experience that. You know, there's the theoretical of we are all one, but then put me actually in the physical, emotional space of another person and have to find a way or and seek to find a way to intertwine that. That is kind of the, it's the practice. You know, it's like, I think of if, all of life is a yoga, right? It's an expression of, of life, right? There's eight, fold, eight limbs to yoga, many different practices. And relationship is kind of like the asana. You know, in, in the West, we think of yoga as asana, the movement of the body, right? And, and it's like relationship, the, the uh, amore is like, it's like the asana. It's where I get to practice. It's my gym. It's, my, it's the place where I get to see all of my mirror reflections um, showing up uh, and really pointing to all of my deepest growth and my traumas and, and all of it, you know, it, that it's, it's my dojo. It's, it's my playroom. Um, and to remember that and to be in that and know that it is always about me and not about the other person so much, at least, you know, <laughs> at the very least acknowledge that it's not nearly as much about them as you think, as I think it might be. Mm. I have thought it is. Uh, more often than not, it's mostly about me. Um, and that's how I practice uh, the yoking of souls, uh, of, of coming together, um, of, of finding that, that beautiful dance, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, where the, the sum of our, our parts, our whole, is greater than the individual parts, uh, that somehow that, that divine dance creates magic. Uh, it does, yeah. You know, and, and, and that gets to the Eros, right? Which is, you know, the divine dance of magic, which, you know, I, 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 I lay down my hands or hold up my hands, whichever uh, tradition we come to, to those who have a greater level of mastery uh, than myself in, in really uh, discovering that path to uh, greater soul connection through, through Eros, through uh, Tantra and sexual kung fu and, and all of the different practices um, I, I look forward to to really fully experiencing and expressing that divine union with another soul uh, and, and touching uh, touching God in, in many ways uh, the mm -hmm. divine uh, through the, that expression and so uh, you know I think all of them really come down to practice right yes it's through the expression and through the, the practice, um, the experiencing of what I did wrong. <laughs> that I learned how to, you know, get better and better uh, and closer and more effective at what it is that I'm, I'm 
is seeking to achieve. Yes, to that. And yeah, in I feel in intimate relationships that practice, like you said, it always shows up as having that mirror reflection in front of us. The closer we get, the cleaner the mirror and the straighter the reflection and sometimes the more painful, but also the more transformative and evolving for our soul and our being. I found it to be. And yeah, I see for, for us men in this whole work, I feel vulnerability, as you mentioned, is a huge part in really um, being vulnerable with ourselves in front of other men to really have a space to be vulnerable and practice that vulnerability to really, um, yeah, I feel that is where our true power lies and not in kind of putting up a, a facade of like, I'm so tough, I don't feel anything. It's like, I feel that is a big practice. Mm, and I, yeah, and I just um, see that also showing up in relationships. What really crafts that authentic connection uh, is that way of just being courageous enough to show up in that vulnerable space of being transparent, not playing games, not putting shields up, not trying to keep our hearts closed so we don't get hurt. So I feel that is a huge practice there and that brings a lot of, uh, brings us real intimate connection and relationship. Yeah, it, it, it very much does. And you know, that, th that is a double-edged sword, um, mm. I would say, in relationships. It, it, there is a, there's a, a balance or a, a trap in some ways uh, in looking at you know, that vulnerability in, you know, for example, a, a men's group uh, versus the vulnerability that I hold in my relationship. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, there's something so powerful about being in a men's group and having the opportunity to express all of those things that I don't want people to know about me, to be able to offload that weight and know that I'm just another man. Good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, doesn't really matter. I'm just another person in this space. And having the, the distance from the other men emotionally, knowing that really, you know, whatever is coming up is it's about me. It's not about you because uh, I don't really know you that well. I mean, we hold deep space for each other, but if I'm pissed off, it's probably about something else, right? So I can have that space to just witness another man without having to make it my own without you know, being able to recognize that that's, that's his stuff, that's what he's going through. Um, in relationship, it's different because we are intertwined uh, with our beloved. Uh, and so if something hurts me, it's di more difficult for them to have the emotional space to go, oh, that's his stuff, that he's working on it, or her stuff, whatever you know, relationship is. Um, and uh, I don't have to worry about that. What really comes up is, oh shit, he's going through this. What does that mean for me? Mm. How is that going to affect me? And how is that going to affect my relationship? And, you know, we often talk about the, the masculine and feminine primary needs. Um, and, and this is oversimplified. Um, and again, I'm not talking about men or women here. I'm just talking about uh, if, we were to if we were to ascribe different um, energetics to the you know, the qualities to the energetic of masculinity. Yeah. Um, then, you know, the need of the feminine is safety. Um, and the need of the masculine is freedom. 
right? Those are the ones that come up most frequently in my experience. Um, and so if I come home to a, a feminine partner and I express my vulnerability and all of the, the challenges that I'm facing and, you know, I, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to meet the needs that are, that are on my back and on my shoulder, then my partner receives that and goes, oh, shit, we're in trouble. Oh, God. You know? And, and the response is not the same response that I get in my men's group. Exactly, and yeah. that doesn't mean that I don't want to share this with my partner. You know, vulnerability with my partner is really important. You know, I want to be as open and transparent. But also, I, my communication is only as, as effective as how it is received. I can say some really beautiful words, but if the other person doesn't even speak the same language, my communication isn't that effective. I have to be aware of how it's received. Uh, and so... Um, yes, yes to vulnerability, uh, but yes to knowing when and where that vulnerability in my relationship um, has the emotional separation and the space for it to be about me or it to be about us. Um, because I think oftentimes I come in and I offload uh, whatever's showing up in my space in the relationship and it suddenly becomes about us when it was just intended to be about me. Mm. And yeah, that's definitely not the way to go to offload that um, as men and to, to our partners, especially as it basically threatens their um, base need of um, safety for a feminine partner. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Totally and like I said, every person's different. So it's knowing your partner, right? Exactly. How this will land with your partner, with this individual that I'm speaking to, because I truly believe that man, man, woman, we all range on a scale of masculine and feminine. We all have both of these energies and exactly. know, some of us show up in different areas. You know, I, I've had uh, partners who are, you know, live in their, in their masculine um, and certain areas, I, you know, I need to address them in that way. Uh, but also recognizing that for the romantic part of my relationship to exist, for that union to, to be enthralled, There needs to be polarity. Um, yes. you know, there needs to be that attraction of, of the masculine and feminine. Uh, if we're both coming at it as the masculine, you know, it's it's it's, it's not working. Um, and if we're both coming at it with the feminine, um, it's it's not necessarily working either, right? And exactly. So yeah. Finding when I need to have that polarity, uh, you know, when I need to surrender, when I need to push. Yeah, I see <laughs> that like a like the poles of a magnet. Literally, if the same same poles, they repel each other. But if you have mm -hmm. the opposing masculine, feminine sides, it literally attract each other and creates that spark of attraction, which mm -hmm. uh, is very essential. I feel for yeah, for, you know. And with the other caveat is that I do believe that there are people on this planet that are both poles. You know, like they're just they're right dab in the middle. You know, there's. They, they just, they exude both, you know, the polarities of both at the same time. And they're interesting characters, uh, you know. So I think there's an exception to every rule. Uh, yes. Not to put anybody in a box, but, you know, because our sexuality is, is complicated uh, and beautiful. And, you know, part of this magical gift of life that, uh, that I am here to express and to experience. Let's um, let's dive into that a little bit. In the very beginning, you mentioned as, as some of the biggest challenges that show up and also the biggest shadow expressions being, for example, uh, sexual assault showing up and things like this, because I 
feel that is super essential, especially in these times that we as men address the shadow expression of the unconscious expression of may be suppressed or of our sexuality, that we can really make that conscious and take our power back there and express it in a way that enriches our lives and the lives we touch. So do you see that being an important thing as no, well? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I've had a lot of different experiences um, around this topic, uh, but you know, what has come clear for me in my experiences, you know, is first of all, you know, we, we experience men um, most often as perpetrators of sexual assault. Um, and the, the general um, zeitgeist belief uh, held behind sexual uh, pred predators and, um, and predation is that it's, it's men who are, are perpetrating uh, sexual assault. And I think that's a, that is very true um, in many ways. And I think, um, you know, I go back to the notion that, that hurt people hurt people. And more oftentimes than not, the, the perpetrators are victims themselves and not to excuse the behavior or to say that that's a reason for, uh, but to really to paint a more clear picture of, of what we're really looking at. And uh, my experience holding men's circles and, and, and having intimate and deep conversations with men in, in many aspects, is, including some of the work that I did last year in the prisons, is that Uh, the rate of sexual assault uh, that men are victims of is far, far higher than we even uh, are able to, to, to count mm -hmm. because it goes so unreported as all sexual assault goes unreported. Uh, but what I'm seeing is that the numbers are, are rather staggering. Whenever I hold a circle and, and we get to a point where we really talk about our deepest shame, um, I'm rarely surprised if more than, if I'm rarely surprised, I'm surprised if less than 50% of the men um, have a story of, uh, about their own sexual assault. More often than not, it's the majority of the men um, in that space That's will so have a, a, com you know, a story or a conversation to be had about their uh, being a victim of sexual assault. Um, and quite a few men sharing uh, being the perpetrator uh, of, of such, uh, such acts. And at, at the core of that, um, I do believe that it comes back to the society that we live in um, and how we treat sex and sexuality um, as a, a puritanical society um, that has an overriding morality um, that sex is bad, um, that sex is, is something that doesn't have a... A, a, a healthy place to be to be witnessed outside of, of the birthing of a child, um, then these sexual desires and urges um, can't exist in the light. They go into the dark. Um, and that energy that is created in the dark um, has impacted the, our society as a whole. Uh, you know, the collective unconscious is experiencing its sexuality in the darkness um, and, and not the, the beautiful candle lit darkness of a Bali hut. It's the, you know, it's the, it's, it's that darkness that we run from and we hide from and um, our collective experience of pornography um, as the prevailing message of sexuality is one of, of 
of deep sadness and darkness. And yeah. there's a lot of, of, of pain and anger that exists within that system that we are taking on as a society when we consume that. It's like consuming a cow that has been raised on a feedlot. You're not just consuming that meat. You're also consuming, I'm consuming that energy. Um, exactly. And so we are collectively consuming this dark sexual energy on a regular basis. Um, and that is uh, indicative of the society that, that I live in. Um, where sexuality and predation um, are come come hand in hand, um, where it's about conquest um, and about taking and and raping and um, and um, taking advantage of you know, the majority of the stories that are played out in that world of of sexuality are about power, and we're equating power and power over with sex and sexuality and that's dangerous and that's dark um, and it says a lot about who we are collectively as a society mm. yeah so this thank you for for sharing this yeah and i feel just now especially when you connected sexuality to power that's ultimately where it in my opinion comes down what it comes down to why we are experiencing this complete suppression distortion just completely trying to to disempower people sexually, basically, because the book Think and Grow Rich, where they also speak about transmuting sexual energy. This is what it comes down to, in my opinion. Sexual energy is the most powerful energy in the universe, period. It is the life force energy. It is what creates life. It is what manifests everything into existence. It is what manifests our physical beings into existence and everything that we create from it. So I feel that is where this all comes from. Um, the distortion, suppression of sexual energy. And that's been going on for centuries. And we are just in really exciting times where the truth is really coming through where more and more people and men are um, finding the truth and seeing that their sexuality is actually sacred. There is nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to suppress if it is conscious. It will never hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I feel it is so important that we reclaim our sexual power and have it in alignment with our hearts mm -hmm. because that's when we are connected to the greater whole and that's when we do not cause harm from it but we do what i feel very much is our purpose here which is serving god through love mm -hmm. yeah whatever whatever i call that whatever word i use for that i get to serve that experience absolutely yeah. um you know there's a you remind a quote that was on the wall the where i first started doing drama therapy a place called uh, living stage in washington dc um we had quotes all over the wall There was yeah. one that was an anonymous quote that um, those who cannot create must own and destroy. And that really just landed for me in a whole new way when you were saying that, you know, and, and knowing and the connection to my, my sexual, my generative energy is that ability, that unique ability to create, yes, to create life. You know, to be God as God, not that, you know, my children are not my children. They are 
they are their own life, you know, yes. but to, to create, to the, the, the act of creation of art, to make something where there was no thing, you know, um, and those, if we, if I am disconnected from my ability to create, my only way to survive in this world is to own, to own things. If I can't make things, I have to own things or destroy things. And in the destruction of those things, I have new things, right? Mm. So, you know, it's, it's so much a, it, it, it's such a, a control of the individual to disconnect me from my own ability to generate life, right? If I can't generate my own, then I have to own somebody else's. So now mm. I become a consumer, right? And, and I break things down and I create trash and generate that. And, and I, I become, you know, in the matrix, I become that little pod that's connected up to the, the server that's, you know, generating the energy, right? I, I become a pawn in that great piece because I'm ultimately disconnected from my own generative power, my own sexuality. Mm. Wow. You know, it's wow, like, yes. when I look at it that way, it's like, hmm, it's, that's kind of an intelligent design to put together a society in that way where I disconnect people from their own sexuality. So now they can't create their own. Yes. They don't believe they can create their own. They're not connected to their energy of creating their own. And so they must buy mine. Wow. Yes. They're, that's that's, that's how it shows thing. up. <laughs> <laughs> but what's even smarter is, <laughs> is conscious human beings that are waking up and seeing through the bullshit. Um, yeah. That is the truth that we do have this power within us all along. And this is the power of creation. And this is the most beautiful thing, I feel, to discover that and to break through the resistances uh, that hold this generative, creative life force, sexual energy back. What is holding this back? For example, I grew up in a very conservative part of Germany. Uh, Catholic, church, everything. Like sexuality was something uh, super suppressed, shamed, blamed, even made, like fear around that, all of that, judged. Um, so that is a lot of things that show up there already often in our childhood from society. So and then we get bombarded from marketing and distorted views about sexuality and what men are supposed to act like and be like in movies and Hollywood. Obviously, at some point, we get to know porn these days if we're like, I don't know, teenage years or whatever. And that is just such a limited, distorted, physical only based version of sex that is shown there. It's very much about taking what you shared. It's very much about using the other person's body to unconsciously masturbate in a way um so that is not the divine expression of sexuality that is nothing to do with the richness of the experience that it can provide for us and that it can be that one also conditions most of us these days and it's our role in really ridding ourselves of all this negative programming and actually to rediscover for the first time in our lives what sexuality actually is to really see feel and experience the sacredness 
of this expression of our bodies, of our senses, of our intimate union with another. And to break through all of these things and these limitations, this programming, these suppressed emotions and all of these things is a journey. And I walk through that journey myself and I will share how to go through from having problems in your sexual expression, from having this addiction to ejaculation, maybe even addiction to porn and all these limiting things showing up to go from that to a fully empowered and beautiful expression of your sexuality to be able to really experience these beautiful, pure and incredibly satisfying connections with your partner and yourself. So for that whole transformational journey, stay tuned for my upcoming online course. I'm going to announce that in the podcast and on my Instagram. So definitely stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes or updates on that. And I would like to share one thing with our listeners, Kelly. And that is one exercise that you shared with me and with the Man at Man tribe that really helped me to reconnect to the primal nature of my body and to release stuck emotions and to really be grounded and present. And I'd love for you to speak into that one. Are you talking about the primal scream? Or? I'm talking about the primal scream, yes. Ah, okay, yeah, just making sure. <laughs> I was like, which one? Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. so... No, absolutely. You know, and um, as I stated earlier, you know, energy is, is, is a divine expression. It's, you know, it's never wrong or bad. It just is. Um, and the energy expressed through our emotions isn't wrong or bad. It just is. Um, and when I experience anger, particularly as a man, um, that the expression of that um, creates uh, a lack of safety uh, for the people that I'm around. Um, and so I don't exist in a vacuum. I acknowledge that um, I have a need to express my anger and express my rage. Um, and at the same time, that expression can create a, a society where people feel unsafe. So I have to find safe ways uh, to express that. Um, and uh, the primal scream is really just one of those ways of expressing the anger um, that is so underexpressed. Um, as men, we find all kinds of ways to express it because it needs to be expressed. And you know, uh, sometimes that's sarcasm. You know, that's the that's the intellectual's version of un, uh, untecked rage. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I make a lot of smart jokes and and uh, talk shit about you without uh, really, you know, saying anything specific that I can, I can always weasel out of, you know, sarcasm is what, you know, socialites, the, 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 um, the high tail version of what sort of do, but, you know, some of us, you know, strike out and lash out and hit people. Um, sometimes we, um, you know, are angry and loud and violent in, in other ways um, and, and use our body in ways that intimidate people. To feel that, uh, to to feel the expression of that anger, um, and so the primal scream is really just a, a, 
a, a simple exercise that anyone can do in any place. Um, uh, I say any place, meaning that I take into consideration uh, who's around me, but I can always grab a pillow if I need to and throw that in front of my face. Or, um, a car works perfect. Uh, if, when I can, I try to get out in nature. Um, I do it outside my front porch. My neighbors just know it's me at this point. They, they, oh, it's Kelly again. Um, it's very simple. It's just basically plant my feet on the ground and really start to breathe in and connect to the earth. I really feel myself weighted to this ground. Uh, and imagine like there were roots growing out of my feet really anchoring me to this ground and, and feeling the energy and just breathing into that. And then as I'm breathing into the base root core, into my dantian and down to my, through my solar plexus and, and really drawing the energy from there, that's where I'm going to release the energy from. And I'm releasing that energy from that base, from the root, up and out through, through my crown, really. Um, it's important that when I'm doing a primal scream, I'm not screaming from my from my throat or even really from my chest. It's really, it begins of energy boiling down from the center. And then it's just opening up the channel and releasing it and allowing the anger to cleanse out the vessel, to allow it to just scrub it out and let out anything that's stuck so that I don't have to carry it. And that's, it's just a cleansing. It's a Kriya, if you will. Yeah. And that's it. So I, I breathe into that that root, and uh, on the count of three, release it out with a full scream. Shake my body, beat my chest if I need to, jump up and down, whatever feels right to come through. And as as it comes through, I just check in with, hmm, did anything come to me as as that scream came out? Did I get any uh, themes or ideas or people or you know, is there anything that was connected to that that I get to 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 check in with you know, at a later time? Oh, there's there's something there that I didn't realize that I was angry about. You know, good to, good to see that I get to check in with that. Um, but that's the the primal screen. Um, you, know, you know, a way to really allow myself to move that energy, um, and without it having to be. And you know, I'll be in conflict sometimes and be like, you know what, I need to step away. Uh, as I was going through my, my divorce, yeah. we would do collective family scream, you know, primal mm. screams. Uh, I, you know, I'd say, okay, guys, all right, everybody pause for one second. All right, let's open up the windows, open the doors. Um, we all need to take a primal scream. And me and, and, and uh, my wife and, and our four-year-old uh, would stand and, you know, we'd scream out the wall. It's like energy just needs to move. We're, we're noticing that it's showing up <laughs> uh, and it gets to move. And now my four-year-old, he'll, he'll do them, you know, he's, he's so accustomed to it. He'll just, you know, stop and like in the middle of something. Ah! That's beautiful though. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that Kelly. Amazing. And that is really what I see this exercise. I really see as a powerful way um, of us reconnecting to our, to our bodies, to our primal nature, to our, to our power really. Yeah that is might often expressing itself through anger. But that, I just had this funny image come to my mind from uh, the movie Fight Club. You know that mm -hmm. when they like test the people, how they're like uh, so like softed down and like afraid to express their anger and they like spill water on them and they just like with like a hose on the street, you know, like to show like how people are so disconnected from their like from their yeah. power and their um yeah. and, and their bodies and like 
just like speaking up and standing up for themselves and yeah, you said that in a really good way because you know it's not just anger, you know. And I did no, focus it is on not anger, just anger, but it's it's yeah, it's all it's it's expression of all of that, you know. The scream is more than just anger. Yeah, uh, you know, it's really the expression of my full embodied uh, self, you know. And dancing yes. is another great way of doing this, you know, of just getting out and, and trance dancing or you know, what, allowing my body to just move yes. to sound is extremely healing uh, to embody that. Uh, and so, yeah, just the embodiment of the movement of that energy is incredibly cleansing and freeing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that is also what is so essential in really experiencing, you can call it tantric sex or just like this authentic sexual, sensual connection between two human beings is to not be in that space we're conditioned to, to be in our minds and how we should perform like, look like, do like, do anything, you know, literally. But to really get that out of the way and to be in that direct embodiment of our spirit in our body and to let that express itself mm. on its own, literally. And that we're often held back by shame, by being even afraid to let our bodies just express themselves however they want. And all of these things that are uh, that it might be in the way, I've really experienced a powerful transformation. Like myself, really reconnecting that and claiming that animal body of mine back and allowing it to be. Yeah, like the 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 primal scream, how you just described it. It is literally like a, like a lion's roar from from like its gut. You know, like literally bring that power out of our animal body. And that is what I feel super essential in experiencing that because that all we need to be is literally just that being with mm -hmm. another person. And our genitals have their own intelligence. Our bodies have their own intelligence. Yeah. We don't have to try to do or perform anything. The magic is literally happening once we get out of the way and we're present with each other. Yeah. The word surrender just keeps coming up. For me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how do I get to surrender into that experience? Um, you know, into the wisdom of, of this earth of my body. Um, yeah. You know, the, the cosmic wisdom uh, that exists around us all. Mm. I was, I was uh, doing a vision quest out in the desert uh, last month. And uh, one of the things that came to me as I was out there is, you know, this notion that we often talk about, you know, having language is what makes us superior animals. Right? We have this, this language that we can communicate in a way, you know, makes us superior uh, to most other animals that, that can't and, and our cognition and all of these other pieces. But I was also really struck with the idea that this language that I have is disconnecting me from the language that everything else is already speaking. Yes. You know, when I'm out there in the nature and there's another language that everything is surrendered to, they're a part of, they're tending to those threads of connection uh, that go far beyond my language. And so, you know, this language is the, the very masculine active principle of shaping the world as I want it to be, uh, but engaging the feminine principle of surrender uh, to be with the world as it is. Um, you know, that's, that's, ah, that's the sweetness. That's the beauty. 
yeah that, that i think of the, the, as you speak of that experience of sex and sexuality is is for as a man you know really finding my surrender to the wisdom of my body and my ancestors of of, of the divine yeah, yeah. Mm, sounds mm. good <laughs> <laughs> yes mm. yeah that's a really good point to start wrapping it up i i love that and that is really such an essential essential foundation of loving like a king so to say to literally mm. if we if we connect that especially also to to sex is to find the way to decondition ourselves from that programming to break through these blockages and fears and suppressed emotions and to really reconnect to our animal body and let it express itself to see that our flesh our physical body is just as sacred as our soul it is mm -hmm. not anything less than that even if it farts poops pees fucks whatever it wants to do all of that is sacred if it is expressed in a pure way yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like yeah, yeah. to just honor own that and yeah and it also like we said we are coming from a space of being conscious men of being connected to our emotions and our hearts to working through our traumas and what has hurt us so that we may not hurt others mm -hmm. and from that space we are literally serving god through love and mm -hmm. my favorite way of doing that is through sex um, <laughs> so that's why so easy of course but, like, but of course it is the the best way to do that um and, and it yes. is one of the ways yeah yeah well it is and um you know I, i'm a full, I'm a full throated yes to a sex positive society um yeah you know and i uh, one thing that really came up to me that i i wanted to say this before we leave uh for the first chapter of my sexual life you know i thought that um sex was about pleasing someone else mm. um, and that you know my goal was I to 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 find a way to get my partner to orgasm um, as frequently as possible um, and that meant that i was good that i was doing mm. a good job at being a sexual partner um, but as, as i look back at my life it's also how i did everything else in my life mm. giving away was my value doing for others was my value um, but receiving and um, and and allowing myself to receive that that pleasure uh, is really that space of kingdom you know yeah the king shows other people how to stand in their own king by receiving by receiving the blessings um, and so you know I say that that's the biggest learning that I'm I'm having about uh, Uh, kingship and uh, or chiefdom or whatever languaging you want to use around that um, there's you know all kind of paternalism built yeah. into kingship which we acknowledge um, but the, the real experience of that is is learning to receive and and be with a lover um, and and be with the energy of, of life and love um, and not to have to a prince makes it happen The king allows it to happen. Mm, yes, I think that one land, that is it. Yeah. Yes, beautiful. So, Kelly, I just have one last quest question for you. 
All right, go wrap for it. this one up. So okay. if you would imagine, you know, like um, you had to leave the planet tomorrow, what would that one message be that you would leave behind? Hmm. You know, it's interesting as I, as I think about that. It's like there's so many different quotes, you know, famous quotes that I want to, to, to land here. In a way We're talking of, about the famous Kelly Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I uh, know. I've got. I've got so many, but really, I think the the more important piece, you know, is what is written on the wall right now, mm. and what I really spoke about earlier, which is um, is love. You know, if there's there's one thing, you know, that it's two things. I'd say there's two things that I really want every man on this planet to to find a deeper connection with um, there's many layers there's always a deeper place that i can go but if if men in particular can find a deeper connection with these two things it would make the whole world a better place and the first is compassion compassion for myself and compassion for those around me um, to recognize that we are all the same all making the same mistakes or different mistakes having the same life experience and, and, and fucking it up as long, along the way. You just have compassion for that. Mm. And, and the second is to really connect with, with my own unique expression of love. How do I serve this world through the discovery of what I am really here to contribute and in discovering that, really find the path to my own fulfillment and my own joy. The world needs that more than ever. It needs men who have greater compassion for themselves and others and a deep sense of fulfillment in offering their unique gifts to this world. All the rest of it will work itself out. Because yeah. that will also create the space for the, the rise of the feminine, um, that we are responsible for holding up as well. I stand here on the backs of, of many women um, that have held me high, um, and for those women to stand nearly as high, to stand as high as they were intended to do, I also have to lean down and hold them up. So that's, that's part of the process. I don't know if there's a quote in there, but yes. that's what I want men to know. That is gold. Mm, so thank you so much for being here today, Kelly. Super grateful to have met you and for having um, being in, in, in space, in a common space with you and to be held space for and to really learn from you also. And I met you in Mantripe. First of all, it was such a pleasure working with you. For those of you out there, I want you know, the listeners know that uh, Max is just an incredible, incredibly committed individual. And the work that you did in there just, you know, really sh stood out to me um, in, in your commitment to the work. You know, it's, it's consistency over time is where I see the greatest development. It's been, you know, such a pleasure to work with you in that space and to see how you're flourishing and developing your own coaching and your, your own sexual mastery practice and offering that to other people. And, and now this podcast and, you know, it's, it, it really lights me up to see. I have deep gratitude for all of that. Thank you. Where can people find more out about you, Kelly? You can find more uh, about me on uh, my website, kellygardner.com. 
Um, I also, in, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I've been working on a couple of documentary projects in my company, Community Gardener. Um, and that's really about, um, you know, creating, uh, laying down those seeds um, throughout, uh, throughout communities uh, to build sustainable uh, communities that, that serve their own individual uh, and their collective purposes. So whether that's through storytelling or through groups, uh, however I can be a part of that or, or collaborate with other individuals to facilitate that, that mission, that purpose, um, please reach out to me, uh, Community Gardener uh, on Instagram or my webpage at uh, kellygardener.com. Thank you, Kelly. It was a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you, brother. Thank you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Heart of a King podcast. Make sure to follow the podcast and turn on your notifications so you won't miss out on any new episodes coming out. 